when I was in the second grade, the uh, teacher I had, her name was Mr. Rico, we had to do a book report. So it, it was on social studies. So she said, I want you to go to the library. Everybody go to the library. Nice size library in a grammar school I went to mm-hmm. and pick out a book and write a book report about it. Sure. So I went in there. OK, already armed with the knowledge where I wanted to find something about history because I love the story of America cards. And I just happened to pull out David Chandler's Campaigns of Napoleon. It's about a twelve hundred page book. Oh my and I remember seeing a book and reading it and learning about this guy, Napoleon, in the preface. I'm like, wow, he seems pretty cool. This guy won a lot of battles. So I brought it to my teacher and she thought it was a joke. She said, you went to the teacher <laughs> section, the faculty section. I'm like, I'm like, I really want it. So she goes, OK, so I make a long story short. I wrote a book report on the book after I read it. Oh and God. I've read it about four or five times since. Oh, you know, man. but that's my first experience with history in school. What a, that, <laughs> that's so different. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. That's such a neat <laughs> no story. Problem. Welcome to Talk With History. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. Now, today we have a guest. We haven't had anybody in a little while. So today we are joined by Eddie, the host of History Unlimited account on Instagram and other places. Welcome, Eddie. Thank you, Scott and Jen. I really appreciate the invite tonight and look forward to our discussion. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, before we get into, into chatting you. with Eddie, I want to ask any of our listeners or our watchers on YouTube, before we get into the main topic, I want to ask for some reviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are trying to grow the podcast, and these reviews really do help us get discovered. And remember, we still have our goal of defeating the History <laughs> Channel as the top destination <laughs> for all things history. I'm coming for you, History Channel. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? I'm, I'm, co- I'm coming for you. Bring history back. So today we are joined by Eddie, who many of you may know as the brains behind the very popular Instagram account, History Unlimited. Eddie also runs an account on Facebook and TikTok and is a military historian and firefighter with degrees in both history and fire science. A fellow Navy veteran, Eddie is also a current Navy parent. Thank you for joining us tonight, Eddie. And Eddie, right now as of recording, you've got about 140,000 followers on Instagram, but it sounds like you may have tried a few things before you got there. So can you tell us a little bit about yes. the, the evolution of the various accounts that you've you've done, you've tried out? Maybe there's some that are sitting in the graveyard that you just haven't touched in a while, which which we all are familiar with. But can you tell us a little bit about oh, yeah. that, that? A little bit about yourself and like how you came to sure. some of the accounts you're running now. Okay, yeah, um, I'm just about to hit 150,000. Oh, <laughs> so right on. I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to that, and I have about maybe a couple hundred more, and I I love every one of my followers and appreciate every one of them. I started on a site called WordPress. I'm sure you're familiar yep. with that. That's where I run our and site. And I, yeah, I, I started writing, you know, this day in history articles and taking content from papers I did while in college and putting them all together in a format where I can deliver different insights on historical topics that, you know, are popular and some unpopular. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I started there and I gradually worked my way up to Facebook. 
And I started the uh, History Writer, was my original account on Facebook. And I did the same thing there. I just a larger audience, sure. a larger format. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a while, I started to get involved in TikTok. It was very funny how I got involved in TikTok. My daughter, who turns 18 in two days, oh, wow. um, wow. <laughs> she had a Musical.ly account. And Musical.ly was the precursor to TikTok, obviously, owned by the same company, ByteDance. So I wanted to try it out and say, you know what? She wasn't using the account anymore. She made a new one. So let me take this account and, uh, you know, go on and take a look at the videos. I heard TikTok is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And I happened to go on around uh, the anniversary of September 11th in 2019. So I went on a, a video that showed South Tower collapsing. Okay. And I just happened to mention on there that I am a firefighter and was a first responder to the World Trade Center. Yes, because you uh, were, and after Mount Eleven. You searched you searched yes. for survivors after. Oh wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did. I did it for four days and five nights, I think it was. Yeah, five nights. So I was there in rescue recovery in the days after nine eleven mm -hmm. and I made a comment on one of the videos and the comment immediately, you know, like comments on all videos that are viral went viral itself. And oh, wow. all of a sudden I started getting followers on this page. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had people coming on my page saying, that, that's not you, that's your daughter. You know, she looks like 12. I'm like, that's my daughter. Yeah. And so I started to have, I, I had to start making content on my own. Sure. Being a new creator, I, I really didn't know how to do it very well. But uh, I started making, you know, content very slowly, some little videos here and there. My first video, I believe, was about the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Okay. In okay. 1914. Yep. And it was a short video and I took off from there. And then I started making more and got a little better. The history writer got to around 50,000 followers. And unfortunately, that's when TikTok started to impose its stricter guidelines mm. into historical content. Oh. And being a military historian, you know, they started to crack down on combat footage and anything to talk. You couldn't talk about World War II. You couldn't talk about the oh, Third wow. Reich. You couldn't talk about wow. any history of the period without being heavily scrutinized. Yeah. So my my account there got shadow banned. I'm sure you know what shadow banned yeah. is. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. I started a another page, and that was the, you know, page that History Unlimited. Okay. And that account got to around 130,000 followers until guess what? That page two was taken down oh, and I crazy. lost that account entirely. It was banned. Oh, yeah. I had a Vietnam War page that I specifically ran on TikTok dedicated to the Vietnam War era itself. That got to around 70,000 followers. And guess what they did with that page? They banned that one as well. That's wild. <laughs> so I just turned around one day and said, you know what? What's a really good TikTok alternative? Because this TikTok thing isn't working out very well. Sure. Sure. And I wasn't really into YouTube very much. Mm -hmm. You know, so I love YouTube. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But as a creator, it wasn't it wasn't really for me. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, you know, expand upon the History Unlimited page that I had begun a couple of years ago, but never posted anything on it. And I started creating videos. And soon I realized the more videos I created, I was taking a risk on posting, you know, combat footage and I posted a video about the assassination attempt on Adolf Hitler, yeah. Stauffenberg, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it actually did very well. But what I was surprised about was that Instagram allowed the content to stay up. Yeah. And after that, I realized, you know what? Instagram isn't as strict as TikTok is. Maybe I could do some more. Mm -hmm. And it just 
snowballed. I just started creating more content. I share a lot of combat footage. If you've seen my page, you'll know that. You share a lot of Um, combat footage. (laughs) But, you know, what, what makes my page a little different than my colleagues, and I have a lot of people who I collab with. I try to help their account and yeah, vice versa. You I, know, I know you're familiar too. with that. Yeah, we just couldn't figure out how to do it. I did. I figured yes, out how to I do did. it. I tried. But thank you. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. It's actually how I'm growing my Vietnam War account. I, yeah. I have almost 10,000 followers on that account. So I'm trying to you know, collab with that one where Vietnam War content. So I have a collaborator for each period in history. Because what makes, what makes my account unique is that I cover all periods of history. I don't yeah. focus on one specific area. Yeah, that's us too. You might have somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You said that's why, you know, we're very similar yeah. in our, our content production, like you had mentioned. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And I try to focus on what my followers enjoy to see the most. Sure. And that really centers on the Second World War, Vietnam, the First World War, to a degree, the Korean War. Yeah. Civil War is really popular also, but when you start going back further in history and you want to start covering subjects that you like in particular the most, it's not as popular. Because mm-hmm. when you go back past the 19th century, all the way down to the Napoleonic Wars, right then and there, in the Napoleonic era and the Asian yeah. revolutions is where the majority of people's interests stop. And it's a huge gap there. Yeah. It's ancient history to the pre-modern era. Mm-hmm. And in between is hard to post because there's not a large audience out there for that. Sure. And you got to please your followers. Otherwise you'll, you'll lose them. <laughs> so yep. you don't want to do that. And you want to satisfy your, your, your viewership. Mm-hmm. And I do that to satisfy my viewership. Um, lately I've been posting more about the war in Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. And there's uh, you know, a lot of accounts out there that specifically cover the war in Ukraine. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll take some content that I see that's shared either off YouTube or other platforms and I'll convert them into a nine by 16 video format yep. and, you know, share it on Instagram. And it does really well in real. If it's a long video, I put it, I put it as a post mm-hmm. or a story mm-hmm. and they get a really good response for it. And the one thing I've been running into problems with is that, of course, when you post about the Ukraine war, you're you, you're you're either one side or the other yeah. in the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you try to be fair and I'm very unbiased when it comes to that. Yes. I'm obviously a Ukraine supporter. Okay. But there's two sides of every story and I have followers from both sides. So I try to post as much content from both as I can, but people don't seem to understand that there's more content from the Ukrainian side than there is from the Russian side sure. because yeah. of the censorship and Russia. Yeah, absolutely. so there's very little coming out of there. Mm-hmm. So I, I've had to deal with that lately. Oh, you're biased because you're posting about the Russians. And then I post about the Ukrainians and they're saying the same thing to me. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to post the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, posting history. You know? I've been accused of being right wing and left wing for the same video. <laughs> So oh, sure. Yeah. I was like, okay. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It happens all the time. And, and, you know, you'll notice from from engaging in your dis- engagement on posts is very important for the followers to know who you are personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I try to do that as much as possible. I try to answer as many comments as I can. When you have a bunch of DMs coming in and when you have tens of thousands of people trying to contact you, you can't always get to everyone and you feel bad about it. Sure. But the one thing I notice with creators that are larger than mine, accounts that are larger than mine, they don't follow a lot of people and sometimes they don't engage with anybody. So I try to not make that same mistake 
to try to get a better reputation, not try to emulate what they do in making that mistake. And the way I become a creator was take all of the, the, you know, methods that I learned from other creators on every platform or put them together into this account. And I deliver it in different formats. Sometimes I'll post just a, a regular war video, combat footage. Mm-hmm. Other times I'll post to this day in history mm-hmm. where I, I talk. Mm-hmm. And there's other times where I might show up on the screen. You never know what I'm going to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm less likely to show up on screen nowadays because my philosophy is that people are going on to watch a video. They'd rather watch pictures or videos in my face. And <laughs> I'm just being honest about it. Sure. So I, I try to show... Yeah, give everybody a good, decent, you know, viewership into what the content is about. Sure, <laughs> sure. But that's uh, that's how I started out in a nutshell, and it's it's been going good. Uh, so it's it's always fun to get a, a good little snapshot of of our guests. But one of the things that I like to do on the podcast that's fun is a lot of times we do a word association game. It's what I call a history word association sure. game. Now, for, for yours, okay. I was trying to figure out something to do, so I'm doing something a little bit different, and this is this is more of okay. a history fill-in-the-blank. So the first one sure. is going to be the blank locker. What would you fill in for that? Oh, the Hurt Locker. There you go. Okay, <laughs> so the Hurt Locker. So now the next one will be all blank on the blank front. All quiet on the western front. All right, I think you're you're probably sensing the sensing the theme here. This one is the blank blank line. The thin red line. All right. Next one is blank now. Oh, I love this one. Apocalypse now. There we go. Yeah, we'll we'll get to chat about some of these. <laughs> I got two more here. All right, this one should be. This one's a little trickier. The blank on the blank. Yeah, this blank. one is trickier. Yeah, this Ooh. one's this one's a little harder. This uh, is where Jen got hung I up. I will admit, I did not get this one. Yeah. Wow, this one's tough. This one, this one, this this one's a little bit harder. Usually, because people don't people don't usually say the at the beginning. Yeah, of this. and I was bummed because I, I yeah I love this yeah. Movie. This one is going to get me. I'm sure it will. Yeah, so I'll I'll, 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 on this one. I'll give you the hints on this one. And okay. again, Jen didn't get this one either. This one's right. the bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. People, I know. I, people, said I did the same yeah, thing. And people don't usually say like the, the yeah. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the last yeah. one is blank, blank Ryan, which is, I think, probably the, oh, one saving, of the more obvious. Saving Private Ryan. Saving yeah. Private Ryan. So I did all those <laughs> just to do something fun, something a little bit different. But what I what I wanted to, to use that was, mm-hmm. it's like, those are some of the, I was looking around at kind of lists of what people consider some of the top history, military history movies of all time. And a lot of those ones are kind of ones sure. that I saw on different websites. So what are some of your kind of favorite, you mentioned Apocalypse Now, what are, what are yeah. some of your kind of favorite military history movies that, that you can just watch over and over? First and foremost, Glory. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's a popular one. Glory. For and the reason for it is, it's an outstanding movie, and I was in the movie as an extra. Oh, okay, cool. I do. Yeah, I've been an American Civil War reenactor for thirty-five years, okay. give or take. So I've been able to play as an extra in Glory, in Gettysburg, in Gods and Generals. I wouldn't recommend Gods and Generals. Gettysburg is a great movie, also. Yes, it is. It's a marathon movie. Yeah, so, Eddie, really do is. you have the Union Look, uniform or the Confederate uniform? What uniform have you put yes. together? I portray a Union officer. I'm okay. a Union okay. lieutenant, first lieutenant. That's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It costs my 
wow, from when I first started at 16 years until a few years ago when I stopped buying pieces to my kit, I would probably say between myself and my parents, we've spent at least $30,000 over the years. Wow. Yeah. And just the uniform and accoutrements and the weapons and everything else. Sure. You know, you put a lot of money into it because you want to look as authentic as possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your your portrayal of your character is determined by how you look. Mm -hmm. You know, you look the part, you're going to play the part better. The glory is definitely on my top of my very cool the cross of iron is another movie which i absolutely love okay and the duelists about the napoleonic wars the two duelists oh cool okay Patton, of course <laughs> on everybody's list i would That's imagine a great one. yeah that was that was one of the other ones i, <laughs> I saw in like top guy. 15 <laughs> top 20 on some mm-hmm. of those pages yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and uh, let's see god there's so many of them i've, I've mentioned perhaps you know so many i've seen but there's Hunt for Red October, there's yeah. Crimson Tide, they're military type movies, they're uh-huh. not really history, but yeah. you know, the, 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 the Hunt for Red October is based on a true story mm-hmm. from what took place in the 1970s. Yep. Yep. So really it is a history story Like that, that, that's exaggerated a bit. Those are the movies that I enjoy. Of course, I, I've seen basically everything at least once. Sure. I mean, you sure, name sure. it, I've probably seen it. Yeah, I, I mean, what would you what would you say yours are, Jen? Like some of your top favorites? I always think everyone needs to watch the first ten minutes of Saving Private Ryan. I think it needs to be shown in every high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the story is you know it definitely gets, and I I appreciate that story too, for the highs and lows and the humanity of the people choices that they're making yeah. during that. And I I like, but it but it is a story. But the beginning is so well shot. I think that everyone needs to, needs to see that. When they when they first you know, screen that movie, veterans of D-Day were actually crying in the movie yeah. theater because yeah, it was sure. so realistic yeah. in their experience. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's unbelievable. And that, that movie was very popular for a long time when it mm-hmm. first came out. And it, it, it inspired Band of Brothers to be produced. Yes. And it, ex- yeah. it, it, you know, it, and also the Pacific, which is the Band of Brothers counterpart for the yes. you know, Pacific yep. Theater. Absolutely. So... All those, they're very well-produced series, and they all are very similar to Saving Private Ryan, the way they're produced. Mm -hmm. The cinematography and the special effects, they're all the same, and they have the same feel, like you're actually on a battlefield right there. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's very intense, and, you know... I love movies like that. Yeah, They're and, awesome. <laughs> and I will say that new 1917 really pulled me in. That, that oh, one, yeah. that I one thought was that really was good. well done. And I got pulled into that story. The realism of all of that. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I enjoyed yes. that one as well too. Yeah. I think that, that one for me, you know, I, Eddie, I, I joke on this podcast all the time that, I am often at a severe disadvantage on this podcast because I, I am not the history nerd. Whenever I am interviewing someone who's a, who's a huge history buff like yourself, you know, degrees in it, and then you know my wife, the historian, and so it actually brings a different perspective from my side because I haven't seen a lot of these mm-hmm. movies. I've right. seen some of them, but some right. of the ones I, I actually was was happy to see Hurt Locker a little bit higher because it's a newer yeah. movie, two thousand eight time frame, yes. I think. Yeah, but, around then. It was it was right around then, but but I appreciated that one. There was another one I actually did see at the time. I saw Jarheads. Did you ever see Jarheads? <laughs> I never see Jarheads. So, yes. so Jarheads was oh, actually yeah. was actually really good. Yeah. It was Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. But he 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 yeah. shows what he was a sniper. Mm-hmm. And the whole movie is about yes. this one chance he had to actually to actually like, shoot and... someone, 
And then yeah. it doesn't, it basically doesn't happen. And he deals with that. He wanted to, he wanted to do the one thing that he was trained to do and all the stuff like post-war. And mm-hmm. so I, I, a lot of the movies that I actually have seen, which are tend to be the much more popular ones, or like the Saving Private Ryan's yeah. and things like that, do a great right. job of showing the kind of the aftermath, the, whether, you know, back in the day they called it shell shock and now we know it's PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we yeah. were even, we started watching, we, we tried out that show on Netflix called Peaky Blinders. And Peaky Blinders, oh, yeah. yeah, so, and one of the characters in there, it's just after World War One, mm-hmm. and one of the characters in there they is has what we would know now of like severe PTSD mm-hmm. is what, what I think he's what ends up being one of the Peaky Blinders. But yeah, somebody um, just said Black Hawk Down. I, I actually love Black Hawk Down too, yeah. Jake. I'm a, I'm, oh, a, yeah. I'm a Black Hawk pilot. So when I, it, there's things yeah, that yes, I watch I it and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, it hits me hard. I usually yeah. have to be working out when I watch it, but I do black heart. Yeah. So th- those are, those are the ones that I, that I tend to appreciate and really all the good movies, I think, yeah, and, and you could, you would probably agree with this show what, what war does to the soldier, to the sailor, to, to the members during and after. It's just, it's just so right. intense. Yeah. But I, I enjoy that they're becoming more, they're hitting the bigger audiences yeah. and they're hitting because you know some movies did do that but i i don't know i enjoy that they're starting to zero in on more women or different types of people on yeah. different sides and they're trying to show more of the humanity of war and that really yeah. the both sides of it but i i can also watch like a movie that's pretty hollywood i can watch the patriot over and over again <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, boy. The Patriot. I could talk about an hour and a half for that one. <laughs> and that's just okay. From, just, oh, yeah, there's, man, there's, there's some just from a the real... Yeah, that's really over the top. It's, you know, uh, a, a gross exaggeration of history. And from yeah. a reenacting standpoint, it was a train wreck. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the movies I wanted to mention that just one of my personal favorites, Waterloo from 1970. Oh. Um, I'm a big Napoleon you fan. Big Napoleon, Napoleon is my fan. personal idol. <laughs> yes, I love Napoleon, Napoleonic Wars, the Napoleonic era. And I'm really looking forward to the new Napoleon movie coming out. Oh. So, Jacqueline Phoenix playing as Napoleon. Oh, my God. So it'll wow. give people. Yeah, it's a big production and they're coming out with a series on top of the film. He'll be great. And I think it's important because. Napoleon is such an important figure in history that is really he's more books have been written about Napoleon than any other person in history, with the exception of Jesus Christ in the Bible. Wow. wow. And I'm not really a religious person, but I'll recognize that it, that's the most popular book ever written and published. Napoleon comes a second. That's pretty remarkable. And that's all really due to the British propaganda engine after the Napoleonic Wars, where they tried to make him look smaller, literally, than he really was, because mm-hmm. uh, he was larger than life at the time. Yeah. He really, you know, and they tried to minimize his accomplishments because of the disdain they had for him. But this should be a good movie, and it should give, you know, young people a good understanding of a subject that really isn't very touched upon in mainstream education right now. Yeah. You know, you really don't talk about that. That's and true. It had a serious impact on the current war we live in. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, real quick, not to not to get into a Napoleonic subject, but one of my my thesis in in college was to you know the origins of World War One, mm-hmm. and a lot of people like to point to the Franco-Prussian War mm-hmm. and the arms race and Akron and Maine. You know, sure. 
I pointed to the Congress of Vienna in 1814, which redrew the map of Europe and established the alliance systems that 100 years later would enact it. So that huh. would propel Europe into war, spiraling out of control. Sure. So there, there is a connection between the two. And I think it's really understudied, you know, and it's very yeah. interesting. That's very interesting. I, I would like to read your thing. Napoleon has a huge impact on America, especially when you think Absolutely. Of, on America, but the French and with Haiti and yes. then with, you know, the yeah. Louisiana Purchase. The, it, it's just a huge impact on on every in our history as well. So I can definitely yeah. see that. I, I'm looking forward to seeing that movie, too. Do you know, are they? it's going to be like his whole life or just one part of his, just Waterloo or... No, it's I think it's going to be just his when he became first consul of France. Okay. Okay. In eighteen hundred and then all the way until eighteen fifteen. But I could be wrong. You know, the series itself I believe is supposed to predate eighteen hundred. So it's probably gonna start his career out in seventeen ninety two, okay, and then work its way up to the French Revolutionary Wars. Sure. And then it'll probably stop at where the movie takes over so they're doing it in reverse but sure. it, it should be interesting to see how they present it yeah but since you mentioned uh, napoleon and american history you know the two are, are very much intertwined mm -hmm. and the united states was napoleon's only international ally during the coalition wars and one of the least known facts about the war of 1812 okay is that the War of 1812 and Napoleon's campaign of 1812 in Russia mm -hmm. were linked because President Madison mm -hmm. and also Napoleon had a secret cabal where they communicated to well, the timetable of the declaration of war against Great Britain and a declaration of war against Russia. And it all happened in June. And they were very close to getting it within the day, which is remarkable for wow. communications for the time period. Absolutely. Yeah. But they only discovered this in the... Yeah, they only discovered this in the early 20th century. Wow. And they were secret letters that were that were sent between the two. And uh, it's really not in history books. And they're only starting to come out right now when there's a book written about the War of 1812. They'll mention it like in a chapter or whatever. Sure. But it's it's very much understood. You know? That's a forgotten war. You know, we cover the War of 1812 a lot because oh, yeah. we lived in Erie, Pennsylvania. And Oliver Hazard Perry and the war, you know, yeah. the Battle of Lake Erie was such a huge part of where we lived. So you have to know about the War of 1812. Sure. But that's a forgotten war. You know, people don't know much about that war and the battles around that war. People will, when you talk about the burning of D.C., they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Or if you talk about, you know, yeah. the Star Spangled Banner, they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I remember. But yeah. really talking about the war and the battles and the naval history and stuff, that's that's a oh, yeah. that's, that's one that does very... need more attention yeah that whole time period mm -hmm. you know the establishment of the young republic with george washington as the first president no time in, in our history has our nation been in such peril than his two presidents his two terms mm -hmm. uh, the french revolution that was a major event in the world at the time yeah and it could have drawn the united states into conflict with either side sure. and crippled the republic it's amazing what what he was able to accomplish but yeah i mean there's you know you said you lived in pennsylvania and i live in new jersey okay. so it, we're right in across the they, they call new jersey the crossroads of the american revolution sure. for a reason yeah <laughs> now yeah. it's all around you yes. it's everywhere absolutely so you, when you're living among history when you're living among history you you tend to enjoy it a whole lot more I totally agree. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And I, I think this is a good segue into one of the next questions that I like to ask our guests. I, I often tend to ask, 
you know, what's the first historical event that you remember. But since we're talking about Napoleon, something that we may or may not learn in school, I'll, I'll kind of broaden that into, you know, what's one of the first things you may remember learning about history in school or, you know, a, a historical event. So what's something like that from earlier in your childhood that that just sticks out in your mind, you know, f- from your youth when it comes to history? The very first thing I remember when I was able to watch TV uh, at the age of five years old was the end of the Vietnam War, 1975. Wow. I remember the videos of the helicopters on the, the roof of the U.S. Embassy and the oh, people yeah. evacuating. <laughs> I was able to, you know, have those memories. But my first experience actually is pretty funny. There's two experiences I had. First is my my parents bought me what was called the Story of America cards for the Bicentennial Celebration in 1976. Okay. And I don't know if you're very familiar with these. You probably could find them on eBay if you take a look. But they're they're history cards. And, and you know, we didn't have the internet back then, sure. obviously. Yeah. Okay. So in order to get your history, you had to read. Yep. You know, you actually yeah. had to go to the library. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Imagine this that. was cool. Yeah, it was like it was like a, an abbreviated encyclopedia in card format, and I started reading, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm reading, but it sounds pretty cool, you know. The American Revolution, George Washington, you know, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, what's this Civil War thing? I was like, wow, you know, I had to ask my dad. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the second grade, the teacher I had, her name was Mister Rico. We had to do a book report, and it, it was on social studies. So she said, I want you to go to the library. Everybody go to the library, nice size library in a grammar school I went to, mm-hmm. and pick out a book and write a book report about it. Sure. So I went in there, okay, already armed with the knowledge where I wanted to find something about history because I love these Story of America cards. And I just happened to pull out David Chandler's Campaigns of Napoleon. It's about a 1,200-page book. Oh, my god! And I remember seeing the book and reading it and learning about this guy, Napoleon, in the preface. I'm like, wow, he seems pretty cool. This guy won a lot of battles. So I brought it to my teacher, and she thought it was a joke. She said, you went to the teacher <laughs> section, the faculty section. I'm like, I'm like, I really want it. So she goes, okay. So I make a long story short, I wrote a book report on the book after I read it. Oh and god. I've read it about four or five times since. Oh, you know, man. but that's my first experience with history in school. What a, that, <laughs> that's so different. I really appreciate yeah. you sharing that with us. That's such a neat <laughs> no story problem. that I, I, I kind of... And you love Napoleon even today, which is very cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and for me, just to be silly about it, it hits me right in the feels because it's you're, you're, you're getting a book from the library, which which for us, I think for, yep. for our generation, right, me... Being the younger one on this 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 <laughs> conversation here, but you know, be, being born in 1982 myself, right? So I'll yeah. I'll turn for I'll turn 41 this this coming year. That's okay. But again, for for me, that I spent a ton of time in my youth because where I, where I grew up in Central California, I didn't get free television. My parents didn't pay for cable or anything like that. So I just read a ton, and so I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And and it's so interesting that. Hey, you know, instead of reading, you know, the Hardy Boys like I did when I was a kid, you were reading about Napoleon. I, I just think that's that's so yes. neat, and I think that's 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 really co- that's such a cool way to be Thank like. You. That's the thing. That's where I planted my flag, and that's and that's where my my love of history started. That's that's really really cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. Eddie, wait, who, Thank you. Who do you think has portrayed Napoleon the best then in a movie? So far, it's a toss up between two and Rod Steiger in Waterloo in 1970. Okay. He portrayed an excellent Napoleon and also Armand de Sante. That's the one I was thinking um, in of. 19... And, yeah. Napoleon and, yeah. Julie and Josephine. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, loved, I watched Great that whole series. series. Yeah. 
Right? <laughs> it really is awesome. And he, he his demeanor is very much how like Napoleon was, and he even looked like him. Mm-hmm. Now, Rod Steiger, during the Battle of Waterloo anyway, when it, when it took place in 1815, Rod Steiger looks more like Napoleon in 1815. Okay. So the two of them complement each other very well because Napoleon and Josephine, most of the story took place when they were younger. Sure. With Waterloo, it's when Napoleon was already in his late 40s. It's, it, those are two great actors, and I think, Jacqueline Phoenix is going to be a great Napoleon because he looks like him. It's, yeah. it's, it's he's, just, he's an amazing remarkable. actor. He can embody anybody. Yeah, yeah he really he's, is. He's so versatile. Yeah, I think yeah. he's going to be an excellent Napoleon. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be really oh, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm really looking forward to it. Really, I am. It's supposed to come out, I think, next year. Okay. But when you have Steven Spielberg working on it and a whole bunch of other great producers. That's going to be You know, you, you've, you've, yeah, you've got a great, great storyline here. Mm-hmm. You have perhaps the most popular historical figure ever, and you're going to make a, the best producers are going to make a movie about. Yeah. That's, that's a win. I'm just pleased as punch at your, your story. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to clip that <laughs> and share that. I just absolutely love that. So moving on from, from cool. that, you mentioned you're from New Jersey, right? Not too far from, well, we yes. lived in Erie, which is a little bit further away on the other side of yeah, the state. Yeah, we have family in Jersey, though. We, we've got mm-hmm. family in Jersey, mm-hmm. so we're, we're familiar with the, the New Jersey area. So if we were coming to visit you, and we were like, we're going to do a walk with history, Eddie, and we want to stay local, where would you take us? What's your local history there that yeah, some 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 oh, of yeah. the locals know that everybody else may or may not. I would take you to Fort Lee, okay. which is... The actual fort itself. It's mm-hmm. not cool. just a town. It's an actual fort. Oh, right on. Fort Lee, I take you to uh, the Palisades, where the British had ascended the Palisades. Lord Cornwallis brought his army mm-hmm. up the 300-foot Palisades. I would bring you to Hackensack, which is right next door to me. I live right next door to Hackensack. you got okay. a lot of old cemeteries there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. I live in Burden County is, is chock full of colonial history and American Revolutionary War history. Mm-hmm. So we have several battlefields. We actually have one in my town here of Hasbro Kites. It's a small one. We also have a lot of battlefields in, in southern New Jersey. We have Mammoth Battlefield. Oh, yeah. My cousin uh, and, of course, Mammoth. we have New York City. We, yeah, we have New York City. And a lot of people don't realize New York City, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and part of Queens, Long Island, they're on they're they're actually standing on a large battlefield in the American Revolutionary War. Yes. And there really isn't much in the way of statues and plaques to commemorate that event, mm-hmm. but it was the largest battle by numbers. And it's it's really forgotten here because of the industry and the commercialization and everything. Sure. Whereas Boston does a great job of preserving their history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New York City really doesn't. I, I took my cousins to what it was at Francine's Tavern, the one where George Washington Most had his tavern, last, yes. yeah, the one right by the church by Ground Zero, as you would know. Yes. And oh, yeah. that yep. still exists. Okay. <laughs> you didn't go. Yes. Went to dinner there. <laughs> yeah. Was going to go to dinner there a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We had dinner reservations, but something personal came up. We couldn't go. Yeah. But it's a very nice place to go. It's it's very affordable. It's a very nice atmosphere. And once you step inside, you're like, wow. You know, General Washington was right here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was right here. His officers were right here. That's really cool, mm-hmm. you know? So, 
You get all giddy about it like we do. I do. I I totally do. That's that's me. That's right up my alley. Yeah, and I I just kind of follow I follow along and and wrangle our kids, and and it's fun too. You know, and that's one of the things we've enjoyed. Like we're in Norfolk, Virginia, Mm -hmm. and one of the fun things about living where we are now, and probably about where you are, is as you know, fans of history and living right smack in the middle of where all this history happened. It's. I mean, you're just like oh, yeah. a kid in a, a kid in a candy store. We've got a friend, a friend of ours. Oh, I, yeah. I think you just talked to her the other day. That Lisa from Historical USA. She's in Washington yeah, D.C. Course, now, absolutely. and she says she's just out all the time, just walking around D.C. Yeah. And how could you not, you know, live live in places like that and be like, okay, I've got plenty of stuff to do on my to do list. I'm, I'm, my list is full for the weekend for the next couple I mean, of years. Yeah. Down in Virginia, and you'll notice down in Virginia, you got the American Civil War. You got the American Revolution. Yeah. You have everything right yeah. there. Yeah, we have we have uh, colonial. You know, so, yeah. yeah, we have the what do they call it? the historic triangle. So we have Williamsburg, Jamestown, yes. and Yorktown, right? So yep. the historic triangle is yep. here. Yeah, they're all great places to visit. I've been there at least once. It's so great. <laughs> we have we have year long passes to Williamsburg. Yeah. Like we're we're down there all the time. I'm like a kid in a candy store when yeah. we go there. It's really a good time. What a cool. I got a cool Williamsburg story. If you got a few seconds yeah, here, absolutely. So, I went to Williamsburg the first time I went to Williamsburg when I was really, it was like, I think 1982. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the same year you were born. <laughs> and that was my first time. And when I went back the second time in 1990, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a teenager, I remember walking through the Williamsburg Cemetery. Yeah. And you talk about older graves, okay? There was this one above ground crypt. The woman had died, I believe, in the 1760s, and she had died while giving giving birth, mm-hmm. which was very common in sure. the 18th century, yeah. as you know. And inside the, the, the crypt itself, on the inscription, it said, I forgot the lady's name, unfortunately, but it said mother and baby. So the two of them were actually in there, and there was a crack in the crypt itself, the above ground crypt. And you could actually see inside wow. Now you couldn't see a box because over the course of time would decay, sure. but you did see something in there. And I was pretty spooked out by it, but also thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Cause I love going to cemeteries at night mm-hmm. and I'm all for that. You know, I'm into the ghost hunting and everything like that. And I love looking at the gravestones. <laughs> I drive my fiance crazy because we go to all different grave sites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she plays Pokemon Go and I play Gravesite. Perfect. <laughs> that works but out. But yeah, that's one of my Williamsburg stories. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. a cool one. So you would love the Williamsburg ghost tour then. Have you ever done one? On Halloween, I, I wanted to, on Halloween, I wanted to do a live on Clinton Road. I'm sure you've heard of Clinton Road before. I don't know. It's considered to be the most haunted road in America. Oh, really? And it's in West Milford, New Jersey, right wow. down the street from where my fiance lives. And it's rumored to be haunted by Native American spirits, by soldiers of the American Revolution, escaped slaves from the Underground Railroad. So there's a lot of history there. And it's really spooky. You go through there. I'm not scared off by things like that very easily. But when you go down there and you drive through those winding roads at night, it's pretty cool. And for a live session, I really want to do it this year. I didn't get a chance to do it last year, but... Um, it should be pretty cool when I do. Oh, that'd be neat. <laughs> that would be neat. My friend was going to come on this, but I, I don't. I don't see her on here. She has a great ghost story from Gettysburg, and they saw two 
They thought they were reenactors coming the other way. It was over oh, by yeah. it was over by Devil's Den. It was right? over by Devil's Den. Yeah, and it was and they waved at him and they didn't really wave back. They oh they didn't they didn't wave back at all. They just looked at him and they were all like dirty and they were like wow they're real they're going for it with the reenacting like they're <laughs> really like, into it. You they're know? really into it. And then Authentic. that night they took a ghost tour <laughs> and they went by there and the guy said one of the two biggest specters that people see the most are on this road and it's these it's two right. and her and her dad looked at each other and were like what wow <laughs> i know right I was, i've done a ghost tour in well, gettysburg yeah. those are cool too i like the gettysburg ones because i they again are. i learned a ton of they stuff. are i my i've been to gettysburg no kidding i at least 70 or 80 times wow you know from reenactments sure, and, yeah. you know okay. but I, I, my 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 favorite Gettysburg ghost story, real quick, is the ghost story where I was actually the ghost, <laughs> and we were yeah we were down there for the filming of okay. the movie Gettysburg, and you know reenactors were funny people. We like to dress up in our uniforms, even though we're not reenacting. We go out <laughs> to dinner and everything, we go to bars and all that. Well, I just happened to go out into the National Cemetery out there and was walking around. And there was this newlywed couple that was at the hotel we were staying at. And my parents are outside and I come walking out of the cemetery. And I'm in my full union uniform, my sword, my ostrich plumed hat and everything like that. And all of a sudden the married couple turns around and freaks out. <laughs> and they ran to the manager <laughs> and said that I, they saw a ghost coming out of the cemetery. So the manager comes back and I had gone into the, the room thinking that I didn't know what was going on. Right. So I come out with the uniform and they look like they've literally seen a ghost. They're all pale. My parents are like, oh, that's just my son. You know, <laughs> oh, my God, we're going to leave. You know? Yeah, I, I, I feel like we could probably keep talking about Napoleon military movies or, or, or ghosts for the for the next hour, hour and change. But what's the best place for people to find you? Is it still the Instagram account or do you have other spots? What's the best place? for It's folks definitely to find Instagram. It's okay. definitely Instagram. That's my principal social media platform, right? It's uh, History Unlimited. Yep. And also the Vietnam War 3.0. Those are my two accounts on Instagram that I personally run. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right on. Thank you so much for joining us. And for, All right. for anybody listening or watching. Thank you. Anybody listening or watching, if you enjoyed this episode of Talk With History, then you'll probably enjoy some of our past episodes where we interview other well-known history hosts like Eddie Tonight. We've interviewed hosts like JD of the History Underground, Matt of the Mr. Beat History Channel, or Chris from Wit Doc's YouTube Cemetery yep. Tours. They all have some great stories to tell as we talked about tonight. Thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow. And we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.